I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You, you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. You, you, it's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can bow like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Welcome back, Shooters, to another episode of the Shooters Touch. This week, a little different for us. Um, we actually bring back a couple guests we've had on the show before. Got Coach Mo from Central Women's Team and Coach Oakland, assistant at University of Northern Iowa Women's Team as well. Um, just to check in with them, how the season's been going thus far, about three or four weeks in couple games in for both those teams uh so checking in with them seeing how it's going uh and we have very interesting conversations with both of them um well right now uh had a big game drake against iowa women's team this past weekend and uh one of us was in attendance brian was there at the nap uh, uh actually sold out nap i believe um which is probably the one of the uh, one of the first times this year, probably the time this year, um, but one of the, the very first times in the last couple of years that it has been sold out. So uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about there. Um, Brian, just overall, what were your thoughts about the game? What were your thoughts about uh, the environment there? Yeah, it was awesome. It was one of those things, obviously, um, spent a lot of time going to the nap. And so very familiar as far as the process and how things go and pulling up. I took my oldest daughter with me to the game, pulling up and just trying to find a park, a place to park. Of course, we were none too early always, either. Always hard there too. Yeah, well, and not, we were not early enough, especially after seeing some of the lines of what people were waiting, you know, an hour, you know, 45 minutes before the game, um, which explains explains a lot. But even trying to find a spot, I told my daughter, I'm like, this is it sucks for us because it's you know a little chilly and a little bit of a walk but i'm like it's this is awesome for women's basketball um i told her i'm like it's gonna be packed when we get in there i didn't think it was gonna be that packed though we got in there and i mean it was full i've been to you know a lot of big games at the nap uh, both men's and women's side and i've never seen it um that full and i don't know how much of honestly the renovation had to do with that too i mean obviously added seats someplace, but took some out. And so the lower bowl was, was pretty blue. Um, it was full all the way up. There was some black and gold mixed in, but then around the top was pretty much all black and gold. Uh, there was one point, I think in the third quarter where a let's go Hawks chance got going and, uh, I, I love me the Hawks, but, uh, that was a little too loud for a road game, um, for the Bulldogs, but I know, and, and even talking and, uh, with the, a few of the players and then, uh, hearing some of their post game stuff, they loved it. Uh, you know, from both sides to be able to have have an opportunity to play in an environment like that, energy and excitement around it. Um, scheduler, whoever scheduled the two o'clock on a Sunday early in the season, um, was genius. I think it was one of those things where there was uh, tons of tons of family that came out. Um, I saw loads and loads of uh, younger girls 
Um, you know, there was club teams there. There were high school teams that brought their whole teams there. Uh, there was just a lot of basketball enthusiasts um, that were in attendance, both Drake and Iowa, and a lot of people who were excited about the state of girls and women's basketball in the state of Iowa, which if you've been paying attention at all, is obviously in a really, really good spot. Um, it's something that, uh, you know, moving throughout um, the high school level, all the way up to, to the four major schools and working your way down um, at the college level. It, it is something um, to be proud of and something to be excited about if, if already not excited and going with it. You're exactly right. And I mean, watching that game, you know, an overtime game uh, where the Hawkeyes pulled out it out, obviously um, exciting game. Two really good basketball teams going at it. And, you know, shout out to um, the women's side of basketball in the state for, you know, Iowa and Iowa State still coming to the Knapp Center, to the McLeod Center, you know, still doing that um, that home-and-home home series uh, with, with, with the interstate schools. You know, I know there's a lot, a lot behind that on the men's side. Um, however, you know, it was always a fun environment having those uh, – having played in, in a couple of those games and having been a, um, a spectator there too. Well, how about this? What uh, one or two areas that you noticed that you're like, hey, these, uh, you know, these girls got this, you know, they, they have this under control and then maybe one area of improvement for both teams as well that you saw when you were there. Yeah. So obviously really, really pleased with the way that uh, Drake came out and played. Um, and, and honestly, the way they set the tone, it's kind of one of those things where it could kind of go either way. Like, you know, you kind of get the moments a little too big. Um, or you come out and uh, you take advantage and you ride on that energy. And Drake did that. I believe they jumped out, I think it was 6 0. I know they jumped out to an early lead. And so, and, and that was inside too. Um, Bear did a nice job. She got a couple early baskets. They got a couple good post touches and a couple slip screens. And she got some easy layups. And unfortunately, she found herself in foul trouble. And so she sat most of the second quarter. Um, but, uh, the girls filled in and did, did a nice job with them, but just the energy. I mean, it, it, Drake knew that it was going to take a, an extended effort and they kept coming. They kept coming, they kept battling. Um, you know, they're going to naturally and traditionally play a lot of girls and they did, and they kept cycling through them and, um, each one kind of coming in and answering the bell, you know, none, none, probably more than, uh, Dana Beer was really impressed with her. She led the way with 24, um, obviously season, but also a career high for her. Um, just, just made some big shots, got a lot, got in the lane, um, was able to get up some tough layups, but also, um, was really impressed with her on ball defense, uh, on Caitlin. Uh, they didn't play a ton of man to man. They played, they're kind of switching between zones, um, ran a one, three, one, did some two, three stuff. Did did come out in some man situations. And whenever she drew the assignment of, of garden Caitlin, I was really impressed with, uh, her ability to kind of get up and, and make her a little uncomfortable. And so both ends of the floor, I thought Katie played really well. Uh, Graceburg played well too. She ended, she ended with 18, um, some big, some big baskets late. Like she hit, she hit one late in the first quarter. Um, I think she got one right before halftime and then she made two or three big ones in the, down the stretch to force overtime too. And so was impressed with the, the way that she played. Um, and, and Gildner too, she came in and, uh, she hit four threes. I think it was, I think she ended with 12, um, just a flame. Like you can tell when she's, I mean, she's floating around three point line. She wants to catch and shoot. And when she does, uh, she shoots a high percentage. And so it was good. She hit, she hit some big ones, including, I think maybe, 
So uh, kind of the story of the whole thing becomes overtime and, and Drake only scored four points in over, overtime. And so it kind of ran out of gas, I think a little bit down the stretch. And I think she was one of the, she hit a three, I think in overtime and that might've, you know, it was three other four points, but uh, it was, it was good to see that. And then I thought Megan Meyer played really well too. She, it felt like maybe at times she was trying to do maybe a little too much, just given the whole history behind it. Um, but yeah. you could tell that, she, I mean, she belonged out there. She, she looked good. She was explosive. She was athletic. She hit some big shots for them as well. Um, and so really liked what she was able to do on both ends. She was kind of getting in there, getting um, sticking her nose in on the defensive end too. And she finished with 11 and so all in all, I was really impressed with the Bulldogs. I think it's something that moving forward, they have some really nice pieces. Um, their depth will um, bode well for them as they move in and through league play. And so if they're able to sustain what they showed on Sunday, I think that uh, uh, they will definitely be a team that uh, you'll, you'll want to watch out for in the Valley. That's great. And, you know, the where I talked about the competition, um, you know, in the state of the, on the, on the women's side, that there are some really good teams in the state. You know, we got uh, two top 10 teams in Iowa and Iowa state, you know, two, two um, at the very least top half teams in the Missouri Valley of Drake, Northern Iowa as well. Um, and so that's good for the state. That's good for, you know, you mentioned um, a couple of times, some of the, of the younger crowd that was at the game, you know, for those girls, those ladies to see that kind of basketball that, Hey, that this is possible in the state of Iowa um, as well. Uh, you know, and we talked a couple times about some of the just outside Iowa, just, you know, in the Midwest, some of the really good teams, you know, I think Drake's got Nebraska coming in um, here this week as well um, into the nap center. So got some good basketball around the state um, and around the area in the Midwest too. Um, what, what was one thing that surprised you about both teams, you know, the Hawks and the Bulldogs? Uh, honestly, the, the thing that surprised me the most was Iowa's, uh, lack of ability to shoot free throws. I think they ended up at 56%. Um, that's something that, you know, maybe it definitely, definitely would have changed the outcome of this game in the fact that it probably would have ended a little earlier. It wouldn't have gone to overtime if you make some of those free throws, but that's something that, uh, that percentage is going to have to come up against the likes of Ohio state and some of those teams in the big 10 and, uh, you know, if you're going to compete and want to be a top top five team, that's something that's going to have to change. But, um, you know, Iowa is obviously really good. Uh, it was one of those things where that, it was it was hard to tell where their level of focus and energy was at, too. Um, you could definitely tell. I mean, it got chippy. It was something that, you know, they wanted to be there. They liked the environment that they were involved in, but it didn't feel like it, it, it felt like there were moments when they locked in defensively. Obviously, they, they don't love to play defense. They would rather score 100 points. But when they did lock in defensively, you could tell, okay, this team's really good. And obviously, offensively, you know, with, with Caitlin and um, Susano, that they have no problem scoring. And they showed that. I mean, Caitlin, you know, she was uh, finished with 28. Um, and it was a pretty quiet 28, honestly. She had 16 in the first half which felt like maybe she made one or two baskets and then she didn't score in the third. Um, and I actually told to my, turned to my daughter uh, probably a couple minutes into the fourth quarter. And I said, you know, Caitlin hasn't even scored in the second half. And she must've heard me. She came down and pulled the deep three and, and nailed it. And so, um, so, and then came back and got another quick one. It was, it was kind of one of those things when she wanted to get to the hoop, it didn't matter if you're in your inner way, she was going to the hoop and she's going to find a way to finish. And she had some really nice passes. You can, I mean, her IQ and what she, the way she impacts the game, whether she's scoring or not, was was very evident um, from the Hawks. Um, and they, 
you know, they had 21 assists and only 11 turnovers where, you know, Drake surprisingly had 23 turnovers and, you know, wow. still had themselves in the mix, you know, and forced mm-hmm. overtime. And so there's a lot of things that um, I think that both teams can take from this, uh, you know, which is good. I, I, I think there's a lot that Drake can take from it. But I also think there's a lot that Iowa can take as they continue to move forward. And, you know, they have that uh, number four ranking. That's, that's something to live up to. I think the battle um, with the cross state rival when they match up with Ames is going to be, uh, or with Iowa State is going to be a big battle and a fun one as well. Uh, I know we got a few weeks until we get to that one, but those two teams, I mean, it is, it's going to be a fun year. I know we've said this probably the third or fourth time already just in this last 10 minutes, but it's going to be a fun year in women's basketball in our state to follow um, those, these four teams. And then honestly, just going down the road, Creighton, Nebraska, South Dakota's, I mean, there is just some really good basketball that, uh, uh, if you get an opportunity, definitely try to try to take that in. Well, as you'll do, you know, you mentioned a couple areas of improvements um, or ones that, uh, you know, um, I kind of surprised you as a basketball team, especially as a college basketball team, you're not supposed to be playing your best basketball one or two weeks into the season. So, you know, there's areas to improve, there's areas to watch film and, and you'll know, get that stuff right. So um, overall, very positive. You know, you hate to say moral victory, but, you know, I mean, a team like Drake hanging with the number four team in the nation, um, having that environment, playing in that environment in the NAP Center, um, overall positive uh, on their side and, you know, in the overall women's women's basketball side, too. So, um, well, we, you know, as I mentioned here before, we got a couple uh, return guests here. I think uh, Coach Oakland is the first three-timer that we've had on the pod um, as, of, as of this episode. Um, and Coach Mo from Central uh, will be a second time here. So, uh, yeah, what would you enjoy talking to uh, these um, – all right, a couple coaches. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So uh, first one, we talked with Coach Mo, and she's a lot of fun. If you listen to her episode, she was she was on with us maybe a little over a month ago, two months ago. Um, the cool thing with her is, one, she just got a ton of energy. Um, but two is she has just a amazing knack and willingness to want to learn and continue to get better. She's a young coach. This is her first head, head coaching experience. Um, that's part of the reason why we brought her on. She got her first head coaching win this past week. And so we wanted to hear a little bit about that and, and how that all came together. But uh, just just the way that she transparent and she's honest about her process and what she's working through. Um, she, she's that way with us on the podcast and um, anyone that was at the clinic and saw uh, her demonstration that she did there, she's that way with her players and with her staff. And she admits that it's all, she's just trying to figure it out. And I think it's refreshing to see that, you know, Hey, we don't all have to try to act like we got it all figured out. Like it's all right. Like we're in this and we're learning together. And so I think that was probably, probably my favorite thing talking with coach Mo. Yeah. Coach Mo was great. You know, first episode we had was, was incredible. Um, and this one, uh, you know, is, is the same. Um, one thing I was very impressed about, or number one, if you're a, if you're a new coach, if you're a first time head coach, you know, this is a must listen. Um, you know, I think at one point she mentioned she forgot a dry erase marker to, uh, to have me draw, draw up, up, you know, on the dry erase board, um, which as a new head coach, that is something that I can see a lot of people doing. So if you're a new head coach, this is a must listen. And number two, you mentioned it too, Brian, just her openness and honesty to say, I don't know, I don't know everything. Um, and I think there were times where she even, she even mentioned that I don't know anything. That's, you know, what she said. Um, and just that, that, you know, kind of, uh, I guess self-awareness to be able to say that and, 
you know, still be confident enough to say that, Hey, I'm, I'm still a good head coach, but I'm not perfect. And here's what I did to, to admit that on a podcast like this, you know, I think takes a special person. Um, and really, in my opinion, somebody that's going to be successful, uh, in the coaching, in the coaching profession. Yeah, no, I agree. I, it was, it was fun to talk with her. She'll, she'll be back too. I know she, I mean, she gets a kick out of coming on and chatting and we like having her. And so that'll be something that mm-hmm. we'll, uh, continue to follow that journey, whether it's this year to check in and see how things are going year two. But, uh, uh, as you said, definitely, definitely something that you can take away from that, especially for young coaches. Um, the second one, then we bring on uh, Coach Oakland, um, Nate, Nate, a uh, good buddy of ours. And so uh, he's always fun to talk with. Um, he's uh, a wealth of knowledge as well. He's been uh, so many places and had an opportunity to coach at all different levels and all different positions um, and has a wonderful coaching tree as well. And so it's always interesting to kind of keep tabs on what he's doing um and what he's working through and so fun to catch up with him they got a big week this week they play iowa state and creighton um both at home which we get to in that one and so uh fun fun to hear how things were going for them there two and oh start uh i personally had an opportunity to watch them play or practice back in um october so it was fun to fun to see behind the curtain a little bit as far as what they have going on um i think they uh they got things moving um, not that they weren't, but uh, continually moving in the right direction in Cedar Falls. Um, I'm excited for Nate and his his new position too. We get into a little bit of that, but it was a lot of fun to catch up with Oaks. Yeah, as you mentioned, a good buddy of both of ours. Um, you know, very, very. Um, he has a, he has a very good basketball mind and very, very uh, able able to explain hoops and players very, very well, in my opinion. So at least on my side, that's always fun to talk to him because he looks at things way different. Um, and I do, or a lot of people do. And it's kind of, you know, refreshing to kind of be able to, you know, have a conversation with him and be able to, to um, kind of see that stuff through his eyes. So as you mentioned, great conversation with him, um, big week coming up for them uh, with their winning in St. Louis, as you said, kind of got the, got the ball rolling a little bit better, a little faster in the right direction. Um, so exciting, exciting times to be a, a Panther fan um, here on the women's side as well. It's funny too. You mentioned that about uh, Coach Oakland because we talked about that um, with Coach Mo too. Is from a communication side and saying things in a way in which that's easy to understand. And I think that uh, you, you're 100 correct in that um, Oakland simplifies things. I mean, he he mm. thinks he thinks deeply, but um, communicates simply uh, in a lot of what he does. And so uh, the more time you get an opportunity to spend with him or or get him going on explaining a player or potential. Um, it's always something that, uh, yeah, it, you can definitely, you can definitely understand what he's saying. Um, and so that's, it's fun because you, because you know, he's been at a high level. He is at a high level, um, but to be able to simplify everything, it's, uh, it's nice to hear. And it, it's something that you can tell that, uh, his players are definitely able to relate to him really easily. Yep. Always good talking to him. And, uh, you know, they got a trip coming up, uh, to Cancun, I believe is what he mentioned. Um, and, uh, you know, we talk about him trying to bring the sticks along and, uh, so excited, uh, when you, when we bring him on for number four, um, how that trip and the, how the golf course went for him too. Wow. So a little bit here on coach Oakland, I, I've never met and I'll give him a little credit. His, his, uh, his kids and his boys specifically are getting to the age where they like to play, but I have never met anyone with five kids, a recruiting schedule, a coaching schedule that has the opportunity to play more golf than Nate Oakland. So I'd say so he's, 
He's a, cere- a cerebral coach and a hell of a time manager, huh? He can somehow figure it out. He must have a, an absolute, well, I know he does, but has a wonderful wife at home to be able to get as many rounds in as he does. So That's good. Good. So shout out to Mrs. Oakland, Mrs. Yes. Oakland uh, with uh, being a saint. Um, well, great. Yeah. So um, as far as listeners go, you know, we uh, know you will enjoy this episode. Um, you know, we got two two coaches that are at different points in their careers. Um, and you know, a lot of stuff to, to unpack, a lot of stuff to talk about. And, uh, we're excited for you to hear this. And, um, as usual, always remember shoot or shoot. Let's go. I got the shooter's touch. Can't nobody shoot like me. Fourth quarter down three, need a two and one. Better call on me, better call on me. If you know you Coach Mo, welcome back to the shooter's touch. Thank you. I've missed you guys. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been exciting following along. Obviously, uh, saw you and we talked about uh, the coaching clinic and the opportunity to bring the girls up and uh, run them through a practice. And so let's let's kind of start from there, because I know that was your first week. Um, you, you talked about it like, hey, first week. Now I got to go do this practice in front of everybody. And so yeah. overall, what do you think of that experience and uh, and how, how to go for you and your team? I'm so glad we did it. It it gave us, I think, and me a sense of urgency of, hey, we got to get some things in and get the girls bought in and make sure they know the language that I'm using. And, and so I think it was good. I think our schedule worked out to have that clinic and then a scrimmage and then another scrimmage and then three games in a week. I wouldn't advise the three games in a week, maybe two I would have done. Um, but we got tougher from it, but that clinic, I, I think it was good for the players too, to have to be a little bit nervous in front of people and be outside their comfort zone. And, um, I'm, that's what I've said since our first meeting the night before practice started, I want them to want to fail. And that's really hard. I think, especially for girls, cause no one wants to fail, but if you can change your mind to embracing it and wanting it and bringing it on and, challenging yourself enough to fail, then you're going to get better. Yeah. Oh, and I know that uh, that was something too, that you emphasized during, during the presentation too, is how, you know, you want those girls to, those women to have the ability to be comfortable in that environment and to be challenged. Um, and I thought you did a good job of explaining that throughout the practice and, mm-hmm. and showing that not only saying that, but showing that, um, and you know, you do bring up a good point. I think it's, it's one of those things where it feels a little bit like a whirlwind, but that's kind of almost like a game environment for those girls, you know, five days into, into the season to have to go out and essentially perform and, you know, yeah. for you and your staff as well. And honestly, I thought that, uh, overall it was a real success and, and hopefully the girls, um, learned from it and enjoyed it as well. Yeah, I think they felt good after it because I do. I think they they've been amazing and none of them truly signed up for me. Maybe maybe two of the transfers signed up for me, but I think they've been so tough. I've just tried to make them realize that toughness is a choice. It's a hard choice. It's not always a fun choice, but they've totally chosen to be tough and even in that environment, they, they went hard for me and they went, um, they didn't back away. They didn't shy away. So I'm really, really proud of them. And it sounded like maybe even a little team bonding Jethro's afterwards. Can't go wrong with that. 
Yep. We, we did. They were like, what's, what's our limit? I'm like, you guys deserve no limit. You get, get whatever you want. Man. Great head coaching move right there. Yeah. Great head coach move. Um, well, hey, hey, coach, you mentioned the uh, you mentioned the three games, um, and obviously, you know, we talk about the clinic, the IBCA clinic. Um, I wasn't actually um, at your session, but I but I heard some great things about it. So, congrats on that. Um, what are that first game? Uh, you know, obviously, first time head coach. Um, I'm assuming there were some nerves, maybe a little bit of anxiety going into that. Um, what were some things that, that maybe happened that, you know, you weren't maybe expecting? Was there anything that, uh, I'm, I'm sure there was a couple things that went on during the game, but you know, what were a couple of those things in that first game that you were, uh, in the first chair? I, uh, first of all, there were things that I didn't think of until like, like warmups, warm-ups have to like go smoothly for them to feel good like it was just like chaos I was like oh my god because we've been trying to put in our offense our defense zone man baseline out of bounds sideline out of bounds end of the game so so then I was like oh my god we haven't gone through our warm-ups yet like all fully we haven't and so but we they made it through we're gonna keep getting better at that but warm-ups are supposed to be something that feels really good and they're used to it and automatic and it wasn't. So they even had to, they've learned everything new, you guys, even Mm -hmm. just me. And so I can't believe how awesome they've done. They've been amazing, but in the game, um, let's see Waldorf. We were away. Um, how about that too? Open before you get too far in it, so open it up on the road. So you go to Forest City, um, yeah. the opportunity to play Waldorf. I, obviously, there's some travel and some all that stuff, too, that as a head coach that, you know, you, you've never had to really think a whole lot about. But uh, first one, opening it up on the road. I mean, it's nice to get the bus ride to get an opportunity to think a little bit about it. But what was it like, like being like, OK, do we have everything? Do I who do I need to check with? How, how right. was the logistics side of it? Well, and there's like not throwing forest city under the bus here but there's like nothing to eat there so we're like what do we get after the game but no my assistant taryn took care of all of the logistical stuff which is amazing because i yeah my head was a lot of different places so she took care of all of those things um central does an awesome job of getting the players whole duffel bag already all packed up for them and they just have to pick it up and then they turn it in after like it's very a very awesome system so all that was fine um oh i forgot a permanent marker or a a whiteboard marker so i'm snooping around i go into the athletic training room i'm like can i use this quick i'll bring it right back and they were just some students they're like we don't care i'm like okay so i went and used it put it back (laughs) So that I, I will bring next time. Yep. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I think it was okay. Yeah. Well, I then, some recruiting letters on the bus for like the first hour. I thought that was good use of my time. That is. That is great um, use of your time. And then tried to tried to think about you know I now after that game in hindsight now before games I'm trying to develop like a routine and part of that routine now is thinking of the different things that could happen at the end of a game yep. because with only at that time, 15, 18 practices, we'd put in a sideline out of bounds, but maybe 
hadn't gone through diff all different scenarios of 10 seconds versus four seconds versus two seconds. It's very different. So yep. now, now after that game, I've really honed in on, okay, what are all my different options with 10 plus seconds? Okay. What about 10, less than 10? Okay. Maybe three. Mm -hmm. yep. If we're down two versus down three, it's yep. crazy. Yep. It's nuts. It, it's and a lot. Coach Nemeth did a good job of teaching me, like, you don't want to totally give them something brand new at the, a pressure situation. You want to do something that they feel confident and comfortable in that they've done in practice. So I think I, I understand that, but then I also realize, well, some things might need to change due to a circumstance. So that's what I learned at the end of that game too. But um, yeah, I, after that game, I've developed a, a better getting myself prepared. Before. Well, and that, that's, I mean, that's a huge part of it too. I think it's something where when you're, the game is so different when you're the head coach versus being the assistant. And even yeah. when you have been a head coach and then you go back to being an assistant and then you're back to the head, even if you, you, you've done it for several years, it's just different. Like, it's just a different way of thinking. And so you're going to, you're going to experience that all throughout the year. And that's why, you know, experience matters so much too. Yeah. It's like, you're going to be in a situation be like, okay, I've been here. I've done this. Like you, like you said, you start to anticipate things a little bit different. You start to prepare differently. Yeah. You know, you start to assign things differently to, to your staff being like, Hey, yes. you, need to, you need to have three ATOs ready for us. Um, you know, just in case, like we may not use a yeah. single one of them, but if you have mm -hmm. them, you know, and then like you said, each situation is different. Um, and so real quick, let's go. So the Waldorf game, the two point game was a close game. I will look through the lines a little bit. Um, we were down like, 14. I was we going to say, it looked 14 like 14 points. You guys are a slow start. Started cold. So we need to yeah. practice, practice those warm ups, make sure we have our warm up routine down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, yes. The, and then uh, it's looked like the second and third quarters went really well. But then the fourth quarter, you, you guys kind of got cold again, too, including I think I saw like over seven, maybe from three and didn't shoot it well from the free throw from line. From the so. free throw line. Yeah, you yeah. saw it like 53 yeah. percent or something. We, so This was classic. It felt like my dad in heaven planned this exactly how it was supposed to be to teach me all these different things in the first game, like how important free throws are, how important not fouling is, how, how important giving my players direction. People want direction. They want to be told what to do. And I think I, I, I didn't do a good job of that there. That, that's it. I didn't give them a good enough direction and we hadn't, um, prepped, I don't think for that scenario of being up four, wanting to drain the shot clock, but still getting a good shot. We hadn't gone through that yet. And so we're ready for it now. So how cool that we get to be ready for all those things. We were up four. um, we, I didn't give them any direction. Our point guard fouled out. So me and my assistants grew too. They yeah, realized always. I need to be grabbed maybe by the throat and shaken to say so-and-so has three fouls I don't think I was even faced I don't I don't even know if I remember looking at her or hearing her and 
So I, we are learning about each other too. So all of a sudden she had five fouls, our starting point guard. So our freshman, I think she got 10 games worth of experience. I don't think she's going to be a freshman much longer because she got to go through an awesome last quarter of, she just had to do it. So it was, it was a really eye-opening experience. Rotations are one of the toughest things and you're going to, that's just going to come with time, but, and probably assigning to somebody that you really like and trust on your bench, but figuring out those rotations, like it seems, and that's something from an assistant chair, when you're sitting on the bench, it's really kind of easy, but when you're standing up yelling and you're trying to figure all this stuff out, the rotations goes out the window. Like it's too much going on for you to try to figure out like when I need to sub and where. Right. Yeah. Subbing. I wrote down like play calls. Um, like my old coach at Luther would have a little like index card that she would have, um, the plays written down just so you can visually see and be like, Oh yeah, just to remind you. So I did that. Um, but still thinking about like, okay, who's in and what, why would I be calling this on top of like making adjustments? Like how they were breaking our press or how, and then, and then refs, no one tells you about refs. No one teaches you how to talk to refs, what what they like or don't like. At one point this week, I to get the refs' attention, I wasn't trying to be aggressive, but I was just, you know me, I'm I'm bouncing around, and all of a sudden I'm bouncing out on the court, and he was like, whoa, 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 get back! I was like way too far. I was like way too close to him. So now I get why people like stop and they say, come over here. I need to make sure that they come to me. No. Yeah. You need to get that stomp down. I need to get the stomp down. Practice the stomp. Yeah. And you gotta start. You gotta start learning some names too, so you can you can call yes. them by their names before I grab the sheet or whatever. So you yeah. can so you can figure out who's who and have a have a conversation with them, and especially early on. So then in the fourth quarter, you can really scream at them. That's a yeah. It's a whole nother. It's a it's a lot. The, the game that's so important. It's, you it's, see, all the good coaches have at least one freak out a game. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yep. yeah. It, you uh, you watch Iowa State's women's staff, and um, most of the time they won't say a thing for three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter they are all over those guys. Like That's it's their time, tactic, it's then, time, right? It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's you got to do something, like, and everyone's different. Do you think? If I brought like baked goods <laughs> in the warm ups, would that be a tactic yeah. I could do or something? Just yeah. thinking outside the box, brainstorm that for yeah. me because uh, I we'll, we'll noodle you that one up a little bit. I know a I, I know a couple coaches that uh are have a have a pretty good strategy down beginning of the game uh or not beginning of the game, pregame talk to the refs make them laugh a little bit and then during the game is when you when you get after them and then they remember that you know hey we were friends before so now maybe we're friends during the game and Mm -hmm. so i'll maybe i'll maybe get some strategies from them and then we can we can talk after that yeah i need so because no one like i didn't even think about it until it was like oh this is really important even even for my players to see me fighting for them that's important so yeah i think all of those different things going through my head while the most important thing is like infusing belief into my players that that is the most important thing and I think I don't know maybe I I did that so much that I then it took away from maybe some of my management but man they don't give up we we got within or we took the lead being down 14 and then later on we'll talk about Cornell we were down 19 
came within three. Like, oh, my girls are tough. It's so awesome. That's awesome. So that's, that, that's a, there's all that mental side too of a player that they want, they want to hear from me during the game. Well, and it sounds like, I mean, from, from a mental and a mental, mental toughness side, which is the hardest side to coach, it sounds like the girls have it. So what that also then means is now the coaching and the X's and O's and executing Mm -hmm. that's, it can be daunting, but that's the easy part to coach. And so that means, I mean, if you're three games in and you've already realized this in your team, that uh, success is coming um, and Mm -hmm. it's something that you can build on. And, and honestly, just a tale of kind of two, games as we moved to the North Central game and you guys come home and I would imagine felt a little bit more comfortable in your routine and everything you were doing and being at home um, and the exact opposite you guys kind of jumped out uh, to a good lead and and pretty mm-hmm. much held on to that and you know dominated um, throughout and got a got a really nice win um, for your girls it's always good to catch one early to mm-hmm. to kind of get the belief and momentum going but uh, also for you and for those girls because they feel the same pressure to get that monkey off the back you got your first win as a head coach I think by now probably most of our followers for sure saw the celebration of uh, yeah. getting the water dumped on <laughs> afterwards and so so what was that like for you and uh, your team to go ahead and, and get that first victory on this season it didn't feel uh, like we were like solid until the buzzer sounded. It I was, never, I never couldn't will. even add it. it. Never I said, will. what are we up by? <laughs> what are we up will. by? And I just kept, kept it on. I, we just kept pressing. <laughs> so no, it was good. I, and I wasn't expecting the water cause we have a really nice team meeting room in there. I was like, oh, they won't, won't do that in that room. And my assistant made them do it. And that was, it was awesome. It was really, really fun. And my, my mom and my sister was there who live in Altoona with me. And then my brother and other sister came from New Jersey. So they were there oh, too. Awesome. So awesome. Yeah. If you watch the live stream, I guess you can see my brother stealing the game ball and they all signed it for me, but I didn't know that, but that's yeah, cool. this guy with glasses and a mustache, take the game ball and no one says anything to him. I'm like, Hey, those are $80 each. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome and so yeah so you got a 14 point win there like i said uh difference here if i'm going through looking briefly at your at the three games shot a much better percent from the free throw line i think you guys were yes. up over 70 percent um yeah. and so that made made a big difference in, in shooting a good number um and then we moved into cornell um uh, which you played this past weekend uh same a little bit of the same story dug yourself a hole i know you alluded to it earlier we're down was it 17 as much as 17 we were down 14 at the half and then came out of halftime super motivated and then got down 19 <laughs> no it yeah we were down 19 but we didn't give up we made some really good adjustments um at halftime or the adjustments worked i guess and they listened and i think that was so awesome that Things needed to change, and um, we we changed, and we we chipped away, chipped away, got stops, scoring a little bit, and then all of a sudden we're down six, and then we cut it to three, and then I don't like saying this, and I didn't mention it at all leading up to the game because. I think our minds are so powerful and I just wanted to keep telling my girls how tough they were and have them keep telling them how tough they are. But three games 
is a lot. Mm-hmm. And especially the first week, remember playing for the first week of the season, you're like, no way can I be in another minute. Yeah. You're dying. So it was, I was really impressed that we mustered up that comeback on the last game of that gauntlet against a good Cornell is tough. They're supposed to, they're projected second in their league. Um, they have a six, three post that our six, three post is out right now, but I thought that our, um, our other posts, and then even some of our small forwards, we, we battled, um, but our adjustment at halftime, they, they hit a bunch of threes in the first half. And my brother brought this up to me after he's so into it. Um, he didn't play basketball, but he's my biggest fan. And so they sat behind the bench and so they can kind of hear me talking during the timeouts and going into the game, I guess, let me say first, what I'm about to say is communication. It The only thing that matters is what my players take from it, what clicks for them. And so I can be saying all these things. And if they don't, if it's not clicking for them, I'm not communicating. Even if, even if I lose my voice, I'm not communicating. So going into the game, we talked about, they have really good shooters. And I said things like, um, make their shooters dribble. I was saying it that way. Like, don't let them shoot threes, make them dribble. And I don't think that was clicking. Um, and then in a timeout, once we talked at halftime, a little bit about the, the, the three pointers, um, I worded it as make them score a layup, like almost let them score, like make them prove that they can score a layup. Cause they're really good at breaking it down and kicking out for a three. And we were making them score layups, but they were missing them a lot of left-handed layups. And, and then we were getting stops. And then, so I think it's, it matters so much how I say things as a coach and making sure I say it in a bunch of different ways. Cause it might click with one girl that doesn't click with another. And my, yeah, my brother Connor brought that up. He was like, it clicked with me when you said it and it must've clicked with your girls, but, and who knows if, if they would say it, but I, it's a good reminder that it doesn't matter like what I'm saying. It's, it's how I'm saying it to them. And if it's registering. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. I mean, that makes a huge difference too. And like you said, I think saying, saying it in a lot of different ways and then double back and being like, Hey, so yeah. when I said, cause I remember, I can't remember what level I was coaching and I was calling out like um, free throw line assignments, like, you know, so-and-so pinch and so-and-so take shooter. And th- no one had any clue what a pinch was, you yeah. know? And so it's like things yeah. that you took for granted. I was like, do you guys know what I mean when I say pinch? And they're like, mm, no. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? So it's like those little things that yeah. um, you kind of take for granted, you know, as, as being so involved with this game for so long. And then as a head coach, like, and you'll, you'll figure it out, you'll navigate your way through, but it's like those little things of saying things differently, like, Hey, you too, you box, you know what I mean? And so yeah. mm-hmm. it's just finding different ways to say it. And then one, they'll, they'll naturally pick up on it. They'll, oh, that's what coach is talking about. But then two, like having that conversation with them being like, Hey, when I say this, like, d- does that make sense? Do you know, yeah. you know, like even I remember like with my, my varsity girls, like telling some of them to go to the elbow they had no idea where, where the elbow mm-hmm. was. Yeah. You, you know? can't assume anything. And as mm-hmm. when you're, we're so we have such urgency because we have a game coming up or we have this or that. It's like, wait a sec. If they don't even know where the hell is, we can't play the game. <laughs> yeah, right. We need a backup. 
Yep. No, absolutely. And I, I know I told this story on the pod several times, but my first year as a head coach, we went to a jamboree and same thing. I like had all these things going on and, and the ball went out under underneath the hoop and I go, shit, timeout. We didn't even put in an inbounds play yet. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like right. those little things that it's just like, we haven't even got there. We were so much yeah. other, like, we're trying to, trying to teach them what the short corner and the wing is. Like we didn't have, to, yes. you know? And so it's, it's yeah. crazy. I mean, it's wild and it comes at you quick too, but, uh, yeah. like any, any coach though, it's the ad, ad, adapting, um, yeah. you know, and being able to kind of learn and pivot. I mean, that's ultimately what it's all about. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think the girls would say like, because I've tried to push them in practice, I think they were able to adapt to these different scenarios in the games because I don't want practice to be picture perfect and no mistakes. And so I think I'm, I'm really glad I, I was verbalizing that failure piece and, and wanting to fail. And even, even so after, after the Waldorf game to really believe that I got to learn so much being put in that position so early, so much more than if we would have blew, blew them out. So, yeah. and same with, same with Cornell to play a team. They played mostly zone, which I'm glad we've been, we've been, we've put in man and zone. So we've gone through that, but I think it was hard on our, so we practiced Friday. It was hard to balance. Like we need our legs, but Cornell plays a style that's pretty in your face and really high pressure. And it was hard to simulate that just walking through. Um, so it took us a while, I think, to really ad adapt to that in the game, but we did. And um, yeah, I, I learned so much this week. Um, some of the things that, again, I took for granted at other places, a water bottle. I didn't have a water bottle. I just thought, oh, I'll just go over to the cups and I don't, I don't have time for that. I'm, I'm all over the place. So I will bring a water bottle next time. Some chapstick. My lips were on fire. I just kept licking my lips, licking my lips. So I'll have some chapstick in my pocket. Um, get a bag, get a bunch of uh, dry erase markers in your bag. Dry erase markers. Yes. Because you'll lose, you'll lose three of those a week and yeah. you'll be like where are they all going yeah 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 so yeah um good. yeah well uh obviously you mentioned it the the first week with uh you know not two but three games a uh, little bit of a gauntlet um got that first win out of the way uh what does what does this next week look like and what are you looking forward to the most uh, here about this next week and even you know the rest of the season uh it's eye-opening and like crazy to think about. So I was just talking to my friend on the phone who's super into it too. She played with me at Luther and now she's all Dutch, baby, all Dutch. Nice. But she was like, well, talking about games after Christmas. I was like, oh my God, we have like 15 games after Christmas. I need to relax a little and, and be <laughs> like, more like, okay, we have a lot in. I. We have so much still to learn and we have time to learn. Yes, we want to be ready now, but I'm I'm excited this week to get some practices to learn and to put new things in and to clean up some things that maybe there's that disconnect. Maybe they're not understanding 
what I'm saying when I'm saying certain things. So um, I think this week I'm excited to get back to our shooting workouts, get back to um, competing in practice. Cause last week it was more just prep for the, the game ahead and save our legs. Well, and it looks like, so you got Grinnell on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and then you guys actually got some time, uh, until you go to Illinois. Oh, is that a holiday tournament that you're going over to Illinois? No, or what is, it's oh, like, no. uh, we go to Illinois college and then we and then spend the night and then go to Knox. Yeah. Gotcha. And so that's nice though, too, to have a little bit of, a little bit of time because you know, in the pregame practices leading up to the games, you're practicing all the stuff that you think you have to practice. And then once you actually have some tape and you have some stuff in which that you can go over now, it's like, okay, now we're actually practicing the stuff that we need to practice and that, yeah. you know, our team needs to get better on. So, so having one game this coming week and then having some more time to practice, it has to be something that you're excited about. For sure. Yeah, I am. Um, I, and I think, I think my girls are too. And I think they, they are really believing that this is a style that you can play and and come back in any game. And it's all if we can be the tougher ones to wear the other team out and really commit to it because you can't half-ass it. Yep. So we're pressing the whole game, no matter what. And what? Um, I think, especially on the women's side for Division Three, I think – it, it can be a really successful style. Um, and there's going to be times where we have to tweak it if there's a super fast point guard or a ball handling five or there's going to be things, but that's an en anything. But I want to stay committed to the things that we can control. And that's our, our talk, our, our sprinting, rebounding, and being ready to shoot. Those are my four non-negotiables. And those are good, good, good ones to live by. And like yeah. I said earlier, it sounds like you have uh, a good group, uh, a good collection of women in which that are ready to, to go to war and to battle and continue to get better. And so we're super excited. Um, I know talking with through some of our listeners and hearing your story and seeing you at the clinic, um, they're excited as well. Uh, there's excitement around um, women's touch of basketball, and we're going to continue to follow along. Coach, we want to keep checking in with you as we go along too and yes. kind of learning a little bit about what you're going through and um, some of the wins and the losses and ultimately uh, how things are going. So we'll, we'll be back and we'll do this again real soon. Sounds good. Thank you guys. Wait, Thanks coach. Wait. We didn't even talk about recruiting. Recruiting still happens during <laughs> the season. Okay. Funny. Not high school coaches, but we had five. <laughs> yeah. We it's crazy. That you have to stay on top of that too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's so it's it is it's really good though. I feel good. I feel really supported. Um, and then the other thing I jotted down here is every girl has their own journey and own family and own story, and it's it's hard to separate that. So it's I really am trying to be there for them on the court and off the court, and like there's. Yeah, coach, the head coach. It's and they're it's still, no joke. They're still yeah. going to class and they're still trying to figure out right? what their future holds, you know, whether right. that's freshman or whether that's senior who's like, what am I going to do when I get done with school? Yeah. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a lot going on. And 
it's uh it's it's definitely one of those things where it's a really awesome opportunity and i think once you get a chance things slow down a little bit for you i mean i know you already you already see it and you already appreciate it but it's it, it is something where you're like by next year you're gonna be like oh yeah like all this stuff that i was worried about now i'm not worried about now now i'm worried about all this stuff and it's gonna yeah. go in phases but uh we can't wait we can't wait to continue to follow with your journey we appreciate you taking some time with us in the middle of everything going on and uh Good luck here uh, in the next couple of weeks, and we can't wait to check back in. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See ya. Absolutely. Thanks, Coach. Fourth quarter down three, need a two and one. Better call on me. Better call on me. If you know you need. Coach Nate Oakland, welcome back to the Shooter's Touch. Yeah, thanks, man. Good to be back. Uh, so I think you're the first time second guest, and now you're the first time third guest. So now first like, three timer. I think we're just gonna like become a shooter such correspondent or something is what we're gonna have to call you here. Yeah, I mean it's either a really good thing that I'm coming back or it's a bad thing I'm coming back. So uh you know I'm a half last full guy. So let's let's look at the let's look at the positive here. I'm excited to be back and a lot's change in, in all three times. So that's the way of the basketball world. Exactly. That's uh, that's uh, coaching at the college level in a nutshell. Um, for any of our listeners, you've maybe read it in the title too. But uh, so now the um, assistant, uh, one of the assistant coaches for the UNI women's basketball team. Um, so like you said, obviously, a few things have changed. Um, I know that you had an interesting summer um, from that standpoint, obviously making the change over and making the adjustment, not a ton of change, obviously a staff in which that you're familiar with that you've been there. Um, not a ton of change for the family because Cedar Falls was already home. Um, but stepping in, I know, uh, again, not a lot of change going from the head position at upper Iowa to having to pretty much kind of ride the ship there a little bit throughout the summer. How, how, uh, how was, some of the summer workouts and then leading into the beginning of the year for, uh, for you and the girls. Well, it, it's a great group of kids, you know, and I do, I, I miss my old squad. You know, I miss, I kind of miss being up there in, in a lot of ways, but it was a, a seamless transition in some ways to come back to a place I'm so familiar with and that my wife's so familiar with um, a place where I got my first opportunity. So I'm, you know, very loyal um, and I'm loyal to the people that are still there. Um, you know, coach Warren is somebody who's really special and somebody who's really important to me. Um, Brad Nelson's been there forever. Um, and somebody who also is important to me and, you know, they're both going through a lot with their families. So, um, you know, when I first started entertaining the thought, I didn't want to go. Um, but as I talked more and more with Tanya, um, you know, some of these things that they knew were coming their way in their personal lives. And I just felt like that it's where I was supposed to be. Um, if, as long as I could drop my ego and not have to be the head coach calling the shots. And sometimes that's hard for us, but you know, I think I'm, I think I was able to do that. And, and then looking at the roster and looking at the versatility that we have, and then also the, the challenging schedule that we have um, for, from a competitive standpoint, it just really got me excited. And the summer was great. Um, they showed up every day. Um, you know, the, the, one of the beauties is, you know, Tanya's really built the culture with some high standards and high expectations and everybody knows it. Um, so it's not like I had to come in and say things that, you know, or do things that were different. It was more of just making sure that I upheld those standards. And that's something that I firmly believe is why they've been so successful. So summer was great. Um, they got a little break towards the end and then fall, we just kind of picked up where we left off and, um, coach was able to get back and has got her mom, you know, with her for now. And that's, you know, one of the most important things as it should be. Um, so yeah, we, we, we went through the fall, we rolled through the fall. And uh, 
it's kind of crazy to think we're already here mid-November looking at uh, looking at a big week for our program coming up. Yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy to think about how how quickly things have gone, and um, you know, obviously keeping tabs on on the process throughout the journey. You know, with you, it's it's been cool to kind of follow that journey. Um, had an opportunity. Geez, that was like a month ago now to, to yeah. take in your practice and, and see kind of how you guys uh, go about things, which was which was a lot of fun. I know you had just come off the scrimmage, so it was kind of some breakdown of some stuff, but uh, feels like a good, a really good group of, of women um, that are bought in. Um, I thought that they were bought into each other. They're bought into the staff. Um, and you kind of have a mix of, of, of talents and age too. You got some young kids that I think are going to be really good. Um, I know you got some more girls coming in behind them that you're, you're excited about, but uh, you know, you have some, some leadership too, but had graduated quite a bit from, from last year. And so how are you started to see, you know, two games in here, you know, you guys are sitting at two and oh, um, how have you seen that uh, talent and kind of everything start to come together here early on in the year? Well, it's fascinating because you're right. We got two fifth year players, you know, with the user COVID year, um, Cam Finley, um, who played at Lindmar and then finished her high school here at Cedar Falls. And then Cynthia Wolf, another fifth year, finished at Cedar Falls. So they're two players who um, are pretty solidified in their role. And they also lead by example. They're so great at just showing up every day and doing the work. And I think that there's a lot to be learned about that, you know, not only for our players, but for, for anybody. Um, it's not always going to be easy. Um, it's not always going to be what you want, but they show up every day and do the work. And then, you know, we've got a crop of uh, third year sophomores. Um, and so as, you know, as, as this whole COVID extra year of eligibility thing continues to work it out, what you're seeing is a lot of players who, who have experience, but maybe didn't get the minutes they, that they normally would have gotten. So, you know, Maya McDermott's thrown into the, the lead point guard role now where she's kind of just been waiting in the wings for two years. Um, Emerson Green's kind of the same. And now she needs to step into more of a scoring and, and lead defensive role. Um, Grace Buffelli as, as a primary vocal leader and defensive stopper and rebounder. So there's just a lot of, uh, of navigating that's taking place on, on who's who, what's what, what's our identity going to continue to become? What's this team going to be about? Um, where we don't really know, you know, two games in, you start to see some glimpses of it here and there. Um, you know, in our, in our last game here against St. Louis, we finally felt like we got into a little bit of a rhythm and you got to just see them start to play off each other and start to make reads, which was really, really exciting. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot of different components and there's players that normally would have already had their roles figured out but we had some fifth-year players last year that were really talented. You know, Carly Rucker was a four-time all-conference point guard. So a um, lot of different pieces, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of moving parts that we're still working through. And I think we probably will be working through until we get into conference play in early January. Yeah, and that you mentioned, obviously, tonight. That Well, this uh, so Sunday night, this will air on Tuesday. But Sunday night, you guys got a nice 20-point win over St. Louis um, at home. And from the little bit of highlights and stuff that I, I saw, look like things are starting to come together, like you mentioned. Um, obviously, Maya played, played really well. She had 23 tonight. Um, and was just efficient in what she was doing. And so that's that's always good to see, but it is still so early and you're trying to kind of figure out where everybody fits in on top of, um, I know you, you got some young talent. I mean, what have, what have you seen? I, I guess I haven't looked closely enough at the box scores, but uh, 
have your freshmen gotten any any run yet is that something that we're still feeling them out looking to try to see what's what's going to happen or what does that look like from some of your your younger women yeah great question we have two true freshmen that both contributed um a lot in our first two games um taryn wharton's a freshman point guard from omaha who's um has a really high basketball iq and has a really good feel for the game it's just you know, going through some of those moments where things are, are, are a little different than they were in high school. You know, the pace is different. The physicality is different. And St. Louis has dynamic fifth year point guard that is a transfer from St. John's via Clemson, you know, and played against Paige Beckers and played at a really high level. So there's a few welcome to college moments for her, um, which is good. That's how you learn. Um, Raleigh Goble is a freshman from center point Urbana who I think played 14 minutes, had nine rebounds, four or five blocks. She's just, um, just a really dynamic, unique individual who's very athletic um, and also had a few welcome to college moments too. But um, we really are expecting a lot out of those two, especially as the year rolls on. Their, their versatility really fits the rest of our pieces and just learning how to communicate at, at the defensive end and learning how to um, continue to go rebound against six, five athletes like we were having to do tonight. And, and then just playing at the pace we want to play at, you know, that's, um, that's something they're not used to as well. So, but they've both been phenomenal. They're both getting in the gym extra. They're both watching extra film. Uh, their attitudes have been great. And I think that their teammates have embraced them and seen that, that they have a great amount of potential that's only going to continue to help us, not only this year, but but down the road. In the future. That, those are two of the, the um, players that I saw in practice that I was really impressed with. You know, I thought, as you mentioned, Taryn had, had some toughness about her that you could tell that, like, a backup point guard position uh, was something that she would be really successful at really early in her career. And then, yeah, Riley was, is a unique talent. Someone that uh, um, you would, like you said, you'd watch her do one or two trips and just be like, she's like, she might be the best player on the floor. And then you watch her for two trips and you're like, okay, we're still a freshman. Still got a few things to learn. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's not, it's not fair. I was fortunate enough uh you know, I had a good friend that was an assistant, still is with Jason Kerry, but when they were with the Bucks, I remember watching Giannis in, a, in his rookie year, and I'm, it was kind of the same thing, like, okay, is he really good, or what's the deal? And I remember them both saying, this guy's going to be the best player in, in, in the near future, and um, it just takes a little time, you know, get acclimated, but um, their approach is what really is going to set them apart, I think, in terms of how, how quickly they get acclimated to the college game, and they've, they've been phenomenal so far. Yeah, when you talk about, you know, um, new year, new season, players transitioning to new roles, um, you know, you mentioned a couple of uh, the younger girls. Um, you also mentioned, mentioned Maya McDermott. Um, obviously, you know, a in high school, great basketball player. You mentioned her kind of being in waiting in the wings for that starting point guard spot the last couple of years. How has she made that transition? You know, obviously at the game um, here this afternoon, she had 23 points. Um, eight for 14, which is a really good stat line. Uh, so it seems like she's transitioning well, but how has she transitioned, you know, in practice and stuff like that? Yeah, it's been, you know, it's still a, I think it's still a transition for her, right? Uh, I think that we would all agree, especially at this level, the point guard position is something that's really difficult to, to, um, to, to grasp. And there's just so many different things you got to know to be that coach on the floor. Um, so she's, what she's really starting to jump into is getting some extra work in, in the gym on her own and getting some extra film in and, and really starting to study her opponents. Um, you know, those are things that she's going to have to continue to do if she wants to continue to excel. And the, the good thing for her is, you know, and I don't, and coach Warren probably wouldn't like this, but I, I kind of consider you and I as point guard, you, um, 
in her tenure, she's had Jackie Kalen, who was who was two time player of the year in the league. She had Madison Weekly, who was player of the year in the league. She had um, their their last point guard, Carly Rucker, four time first team player of the year. So it's kind of where the best point guards go. And there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of expectations. Uh, but when you're a competitor like Maya, you really embrace that. And that's what we're really starting to see is her embrace. And she, in 26 minutes, she had 23 points. Right. And it's not like right. she was shooting it every time, but she's just a, she's just a dynamic playmaker who has that ability to make other people around her better. And that's, what's really fun to see is she started to, to grasp all that entails being a, a high level point guard. And she's doing it at, you know, she's a little smaller, you know, she's a little scrappier. Um, but her, her upside is just immense because of her ability to shoot, her ability to drive, her ability to pass. So fun kid, energetic kid, has, a, has just an engaging personality, which I also think you have to have at that position that she just continues to bring people together and get her on her back. So um, we, have a, we, we have a lot of expectations for her, um, but she does as, uh, as well of herself. And that's what's going to be exciting over the next few years to see her grow. Well, she's got some dog in her too. She's done. She's not afraid of <laughs> a battle. She wants to, she wants the ball late. I mean, those are all characteristics and things that are sometimes, um, you know, are, are hard to coach, you know, sometimes maybe young in the, in the career can be a little bit difficult, difficult when, you know, maybe there is a different opportunity, but it's something that as she continues to put the work in, um, you don't have to worry about that, that that's going to make a huge difference. Um, and like you said, her personality, it feels like she, she's very much a lead by example, um, you know, kind of follow me type of mentality. What's, what's the vocal side been like for her? Is that something where she's continuing to work on and um, being a little more vocal at that point guard position? Yeah, I think that, I think that's usually, yeah, she has it in her for sure because, she, because you're right of her personality. And I think that's usually the, one of the last things to come right, is the ability to hold your teammates accountable, both both when they need a little butt chewing, but also when they need a pat on the back. And as she gains more experience, she'll start to seek out those opportunities. I firmly believe that. What, what's helped her is um, her buddy, Grace. Um, Grace Buffelli's kind of that vocal leader right now. And so they're kind of taking it, they're kind of taking that role um, together. And I think that those two could really be a dangerous one-two punch, not only in our league, but um, regionally in the next three years. And you know, we continue to see some growing pains, which is normal, but we're also really seeing those two start to click and gel. And when you have a, when you have a, a, a big who can score in the paint, who can rebound, but can also space the floor, and you get a dynamic point guard like Maya who can shoot it, who can drive it, who makes people better, you know, as long as you can you know, have a little luck and stay healthy, that, that's really exciting for the program. So looking, looking forward to this week, uh, a couple of measuring stick games for you. You know, we talked about obviously you guys 2-0 here to start with, but uh, two games. Fortunately, they're both at home. Um, first one Wednesday, purple out, canned food drive. And the Iowa State Cyclones ranked eighth in the country, <laughs> ranked eighth in the country, come to town. And so, I, I mean, Iowa State's obviously a tough matchup. That's something that uh, at each position they're really good, um, and they also have depth. And so that'll be something. Um, their size and athleticism, but their talent will be an opportunity, you know, for your for your team to be able to kind of measure yourself and see where you're at. But I know in the past you know, the Panthers have had some luck with, with the Cyclones. And so what are you looking forward to on Wednesday with uh, that top 10 challenge? Well, you mentioned it. Um, one, Panther out, can't food drive. Like, there's no excuses, man. It's time to get to the McLeod. If you guys don't get up here Wednesday night, um, or if you need me to get you 
tickets, let me know. I'm, I'll be your guy. You know somebody? But, you know, you mentioned all this. Yeah, you know, we can find a way. V, your, your jersey's probably hanging on the wall somewhere. You should just be able to walk in that place. Hey, I don't know about that. V, V's got lifetime pass and everything's cloud. Yeah, right. he should. Yeah. Right. The amount of hours he's spending there, they, the, the people that work there, they, you know, they'll recognize mm-hmm. you. You just walk in like right. you own it. No, but you mentioned it. They've, they've got the pieces. They've got the talent. They've got they've got at every spot. They've got the depth. You know what they also got is they got a Hall of Fame coach who, who I think is the best in the country. Um, and so you know our respect for them is is through the roof. Um, who they are, how they do things, uh, man. I, you know you can't talk about that enough. And we have the, the most respect for them as you can have. But with that being said. Um, I think what we I think what we've done in this program in the years past is just not been afraid. And there's a lot to be said about knowing that you can you deserve to be in the gym and you can actually compete with a team like that. So I'm really looking forward to how our how our younger players embrace that moment. You know, we mentioned Cam earlier. She had a shot to beat him last year in Hilton. This doesn't happen. So hopefully you can build off some of that. But you got you got Jones, who's who's preseason first team All American. You got a six six transfer from an NAI school, who's her numbers in the last three years. You guys need to look them up. It's just ridiculous. Some of the numbers she was putting up. So they're going to present a lot of challenges at both ends of the floor. They got a veteran group who's picked to win the Big Twelve. Um, so yeah, we, it's just a great opportunity. What you really hope is that you can continue to showcase how high of a level and how talented um, all four programs in our state are. And you saw the Iowa. Drake game today. I mean, Drake takes Iowa to overtime. Um, so what you really hope is that you can compete and showcase, you know, that game and we can get a lot of people there and get a lot of young girls there to see how, see how competitive our women are and how, how much they really fight and how much they really compete and uh should be a great night for basketball is what we really hope i tell you what i think uh emily ryan is is the difference maker uh with that i was team too i mean they go as she goes i mean she's so steady and calm and what she does but like when she kind of cranks it up it kind of feels like everyone just follows suit and she's not gonna she's not gonna really blow you away or do anything flashy but she is so solid it's unbelievable yeah i agree and when you look at his great great teams over his tenure he's always had a player like that you know, you got the you know, Lindsey Matters now Fenley, and you got some of those types of players all the way back to his early years with with Stacy Freeze, now Stacy Huber. I mean, he, if, when he's had a point guard, steady point guard like that, with some other pieces around him, obviously, they're just really, really tough to beat. They're so disciplined, and they're so they're so fundamentally sound that uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's just an exciting game. It's an exciting challenge, but that's what you want. You want to play the best, so. No, absolutely. No, that'll be good. And then uh, bounce back in Wednesday. Uh, or sorry, so that's Wednesday. Then Sunday, uh, Creighton. Creighton comes to town again. You know, Creighton went on that run last year, uh, lead eight, right, and uh, ranked twenty first in the country. It looks like this year. And so, no, no rest for you guys. Another challenge uh, to kind of see where you see where you guys are at. So, what are you looking forward to with that matchup? Yeah, Creighton's somebody who we played every year. Tanya and Coach Flan have a great relationship. And again, we have a, a, an immense amount of respect for, for what, what they've done there. And um, man, that's another team where we've had just had a lot of battles. And, um, I know they've had their struggles in Cedar Falls. We expect them to play well, uh, but he's got a full group back who, who made a run deep in the NCAA tournament. And I only, I've only seen them play a little bit this year. And I think that it was at South Dakota state and they went up and won up there, which is almost impossible. So again, you know, it's what you want. You, you want to play the toughest teams you can in the non-conference and the way that it's set up now 
it, it, instead of the RPI with the net ratings, you just really need to compete in those games. And that's going to help you in the, get some postseason. Um, you hope some NCA postseason bids and as you get to March. So um, both games will make us better no matter what. Both games will prepare us for the Valley no matter what. What we're really looking into is how can we continue to, to improve and grow every day and get ourselves ready to play against the best. And they both present different challenges, you know. Um, so our, our players are going to embrace it and be excited. And we just hope we can continue to draw and get some people here um, like we have recently to, to see that this is a high-level high basketball team, high-level basketball program, and we live in a great great region for division one women's hoops and as you mentioned you know um a couple times big that those are both in cedar falls the mcleod center um you know to get those people out to see great basketball see you and i basketball play against top level competition so um excited for this week excited for the week coming up um and then after that uh you know we talked about a little bit off air but uh y'all fly to uh fly to cancun after that to to play a couple more really 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 good basketball teams too. talk a little bit about that it's, it's a great opportunity. You know, we get to some warmer weather, um, get to play in a, in a really high level um, tournament. Um, playing Vanderbilt from the SEC will be a tough challenge. And Tulane um, has, has definitely been on the rise in the last few years. So, you know, what you can really hope is that you're going to take some momentum with you from, from, your, from your tough ranked opponents and take them somewhere warm. But for us, we, you know, that's our first real road trip. And as you guys know, at this level is when you can really get on the road, you start to forge some of those relationships and do some team bonding and they get away from class. They get away from the, um, the distractions of being on campus and just spend some time together. And I think for our young team, that's going to be the most important thing on this road trip is just being able to go to eat together and hang out together and spend some time together, whether it's in the pool or whether it's, you know, we probably won't let them lay out too much in the sun before we play, but um, they'll get some time where they can just relax and bond. And that's going to be the, the best thing for, I think, for this group is they haven't had a whole lot of opportunity to do that. Um, so we're looking forward to that. I know I am Try to figure out. I know we were talking about how you get your golf clubs down there. It might be something I look into is uh, sneaking around a golf in when we're down there because yeah, the golf season's over up here. That's for sure. So yeah. now, all in all, it should be a good trip. And the way that they run that tournament, there's men's and women's games going on. There's hoops every day. You just get out of your hotel room. You walk to the arena. Um, there's a lot of families going. So it'll be a great, great place to spend Thanksgiving this year. Yeah, that's always – it's fun, like you mentioned, for the team to have an opportunity to spend a little bit of uninterrupted, like less fewer distraction time together and doesn't feel like it's always just, you know, a business trip where we're getting on the bus because, we're you know, this is a business trip. This is an opportunity for you to – still go down there and take care of business, but an opportunity to spend a little extra time together um, before you come back. And, uh, you know, we, we want, we'll ch want to check in with you, but uh, you know, no rest either. You, you mentioned your, your non-con and, you know, you got a South Dakota state team in Iowa. Yeah. On the, on the, on the yeah. run down here in December. So uh, yeah. you guys will be, uh, you guys will be tested um, before you even get into league play. Um, and then league plays a whole, a whole nother, a, a whole nother monster. And, um, I think it'll be a lot of fun to kind of see, uh, you know, where, where things shake out, not only in league play with, with some of the old dogs, but, you know, Belmont coming into the league, I know picked to, to yeah. win the league too. And so, uh, it'll be a fun year. We can't wait to follow along coach. We appreciate you taking some time, jumping on sharing a little bit, uh, of, of the story, um, of how, how things kind of came together for you. But, uh, before we let you out of here, what, what's something that, uh, you, know, you guys are, are hoping to achieve, hoping to accomplish, and or excited about here um, as, as you move through this entire season? Yeah, I think we you know, we always have high expectations. We want to be playing meaningful games in February, which means you're going to be playing in March. And 
um, the standards and the expectations of this program are we're going to, we want to, we want to compete at a national level and we want a league. Uh, we want to win the conference tournament. We want to be playing in the big dance. Um, there's nothing better than that. Um, so that's our goals. Um, the only way to get there is just take one day at a time and stack good days on top of good days and make sure you continue to win those days, whatever it is, whether it's practice or games or off days or ice baths or film. Um, so they've really embraced that. So yeah, we appreciate you guys. And you know, you, you should do like a live pod or something, you know, from, from one of these games, like just, you give us your breakdown, you know, Claude, you can give us your breakdown and be, you can give us your breakdown and you yeah. should get, you guys, you guys are killing it. I love it. No, we, we, we need some of those Christmas shirts too. When are the Christmas designs coming out? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we've been hearing about that. We, we'll get them. We'll get that taken care of soon. Okay. We got to get you those. Send those up to your boss. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We, I mean, what we, was it last year? It was Santa Claus with the candy cane. Like we got to get some reindeer and stuff in there this year. Get something, get something mixed up. We'll, we'll get it something figured out for you. Uh-huh. Well, coach, we appreciate it. Good luck. Um, again, everybody Wednesday, purple out, bring your, uh, bring your canned food um, with you for that game. Pack the McLeod. Let's get, uh, get some excitement around that one. Um, and then Sunday versus Creighton. And so good luck, coach. We, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, we'll be following along, checking back in. And so good luck here the rest of the year. All right. Thanks, thanks guys. Yep. Have a great night.